Coronavirus is the biggest threat this country has faced for decades. We're seeing the devastating impact of this invisible killer. There will come a moment when no health service in the world could possibly cope because there won't be enough ventilators, enough intensive care beds, enough doctors and nurses. That is the moment of real danger. The new variant is out of control and we need to bring it under control. And this news about the new variant has been a uh, an incredibly difficult end to, frankly, an awful year. And it's important for everybody to act, essentially act like they might have the virus. And that's the way that we can control it together. The way ahead is hard. And it is still true that many lives will sadly be lost. Our advisory group on new and emerging respiratory virus threats, nerve tag, has spent the last few days analyzing this new variant. It may be up to 70% more transmissible than the old variant, the original version of the disease. You, you might be infectious, and that's the way that we have to behave at this moment. Assume you might be infectious, assume you might be infectious, and that's the way that we have to behave at this moment. Today, the United Kingdom's chief medical officers have advised that the country should move to alert level five, meaning that uh, if action is not taken, NHS capacity may be overwhelmed within 21 days. And it's going to spread further. And I, I must level with you, level with the, the British public. Um, more families, uh, many more families, are going to lose loved ones before their time. Your colleague on stage, John Edmonds, has just sent me a statement saying that as far as he's concerned, this is the worst moment of the epidemic because of the extraordinary inf infectivity of this new strain. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, this is a horrible moment for sure. I to say, as I'm really sorry to hear about your two relatives who died from this virus. I mean, it is a very dangerous virus uh, for many people. We're looking to move to a different regime, so as we come to the fourth step, we will change the basic tools that we have used to control human behaviour.
or after reading that law line, I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. This is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they're actually playing with. They are, in a group they might come and fucking intimidate me and whatnot. But fuck, they do not understand what the fuck just one person like myself is capable of. They do not fucking understand. No fucking vaccine or MRA will ever flow through my fucking blood blood. Never! I will fucking die fucking fighting for my forefathers and my fucking lineage. Fuck these motherfuckers. Yes, there we go. It was working a few seconds ago. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy, happy New Year. And uh, I'm pleased to say that uh, I'm uh, halfway through the first day of 2024. And uh, so far, so far, everything looks the same. Um, I'm, uh, I'm watching the, uh, the missile attacks in Ukraine. I'm watching dead babies be pulled from rubble in Gaza. And uh, what, what, what? I did say Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, big boy. Uh, bust out the drum and bass and let it rip. Well, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm way past uh, playing uh, jungle music, put it that way. Oh, I'm actually looking at the wrong chat. And um, I was seeing Diao in our, um, facing our, Twitter or Discord, I should say. And what am I going to stream about on New Year's Day? Well, you know, there's lots of stuff that was just ah, irking me as uh, I was well, just settling with the family. I don't know. Everyone's just everyone just stares at screens like zombies. So at least uh, when I stare at a screen, I can get all interactive with it, and uh, I will try and try and try and feed feed the family so they can maintain their their screen addictions for the coming year. Uh, ow, stupid chat thing. Like I say, why, why does tech have to be so irritating? It's not even New Year's for us, bro. Um, is it not? I, I would have presumed most 
most places have gone and done it, right? And there's, there's no there's no coming back. It's inevitable. It is inevitable, Mr. Anderson. It is inevitable. And the clock flew by here. And, you know, we're young family, we're isolated from any extended family. And so um, ours was very uh, quiet. Uh, New Year, um, and yeah, for me, literally, literally, it's I've I've come to realise now after, well, it's out of two times, right? But for anyone thinking of uh, stem cell shots into your back, um, be prepared for that first week after the shot when the epidural wears off, wears off to be fucking excruciating. I've just I've been late. If I don't sit here, right, which is like my office chair which i can generally you know it's expensive chair and i was sitting on a 300 dollar cushion um the i'm crippled basically and i'm hoping now that um i'm past this sort of i don't know the the shock the shock you get when a needle is inserted between your vertebra into your disc and a pump full of uh I'm hoping it's uh, innocent, innocent child growth factors to uh, turn me around. But God damn it, it's excruciating when the epidural wears off. Um, and I, I would, um, I would, yeah, I don't know, man. I just, I hope the results are somewhat better because otherwise, it just means what that um, you have years of years of crippling agony. Um, even if you go down the surgery route, right? Um, there's no guarantee that surgery provides any more extended relief or and so <laughs> please please lord how Allah raccoon in the sky make that make the baby teeth juice work for the dock uh let's see three and a half hours to go for me on the pacific coast so uh you know maybe i'll maybe i'll try and stretch out the stream for three hours and um welcome in the new year with uh people on pst time uh let's see it's not even, yeah, I did that, did that. You're in trouble. Why am I in trouble? Um, do, 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 do. Happy New Year's, Thomas. Um, I'll quit saying this because if Prion can do better, understood, then a real cure is next. Yes, yeah, so that's one thing I wanted to look at. Was So people have been asking me a lot about methylene blue recently. And, um, you know, the sh short of um, that I knew it was used in um, some conditions um and in my mind it was always acute conditions that you would get exposure to methylene blue um that i i decided to have a little prod around to look at what they're using methylene blue for and i found some interesting papers but there was one that i thought was uh it was funny um because of course you would expect to see that but most people are not going to be prepared for what what these results show, which is that you take a industrial strength dye and it will stain your tissues uh, or tissue, I should say. And that includes your brain. And so it's a short paper. So I thought we'd take a look at that. I thought that would be fun. And maybe I'll just um, scroll through Twitter because I'm looking at, um, again, so... Who is Nick Hudson, Panda, right? I say, I've got no fucking idea who he is, but now he's apparently a data scientist. 
um, from our latest Twitter exchange, um, completely writes off the idea that you can have um, weaponized epitopes plugged into uh, viral carriers and then um, and then you, you try to leverage your geopolitical aims with it. And, you know, the, the deferment to Denny Rancourt, where his data is so subject to confounds, where in his early studies, there is no SARS-CoV-2. In the later studies, it's all from vaccine. And I've literally just watched him try and push Peru as a example of um, where there was um, a failure and uh, he, he's trying to say that it's all um, iatrogenic and the it doesn't and there's no there's no pathogen involved and this this would seem to me a massive leap to make and I, I look. I'm going to agree with him that there's a signal around vaccine rollout for sure. Um, I see it in Japanese data. I see it elsewhere in the world. But the idea that you can just write off data points, which is what Nick Hudson is doing right now, when I said, "What's your explanation for Iran and Russia?" Right, and once if if we're having to address these data points through the lens of biowarfare. How come it's those two countries that seem to have been on the receiving end of um, some of the worst early all-cause mortality peaks um, anywhere in the world? The other, of course, is South America. And we have to, we can't uncouple that from perhaps American hegemony, um, five eyes, six eyes hegemony, which wherever you want to um, draw the line, or uh, the corporate, corporate public-private partnership that um, is slowly, slowly choking the life out of everyone. Um, Hazel says, my best blessings shower upon you and your loved ones like a summer rainstorm in the coming new year. Be well, friends, and love to all. Wow, oh, how sweet. Um, thank you. Um, you have a happy new year as well, sweetheart. Um, let's see. It's an aquarium medicine. Yes, yes, it is. Um, methylene blue is an aquarium medicine. But it is used in, um, like, sh acute phases where you uh, have respiration issues, right? You might, you might be um, poisoned by... Um, something like something like cyanide, right, where the electron transport chain gets messed up, and the um, and so in this instance, it can act as a donor of electrons, and the reason that it's useful is that it gets past membranes and will stick around in in biological tissue. It's why we use it as a tissue stain um, in well, just general microscopy right methylene blue is one of the um workhorse stains that you can use uh, so yeah we'll, we'll take a look at that uh take a look at maybe we'll uh, should i start with denny rancor then um but he's uh 
he's gone sort of viral. And again, what's what's happening here is like a partial, partial discussion of the data is getting out. So um, I think I think that's what I'll do. Um, I'll start there and uh, work work our way through. Um, so oh yeah, I wanted to do this. Um, uh, Um, embrace the burn for 2024. Um, I don't. I'm hoping 2024 is going to be boring and dull, and it will make it very, very difficult for me to make uh, daily streams. I somehow have the feeling that that's not going to be the case, though. From pandemic to war, yes, uh, and this is this is the paradigm I think we find ourselves in. And you know, I was watching. So this 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 was interesting. Um, I started watching this first root claim debate on COVID origins part one. I've thrown it up on WTYL. Um, recently added should be there. Um, <laughs> there's so much being added. Um, WTYL is uh, becoming more and more of. Uh, I don't know who's putting this stuff up. <laughs> someone's someone's keeping it active. Um, Recently added. Where's the, where's the, where's the stuff that I added? Did I not? Uh, did I make a goof? Uh, my channel. Uh, there. Um, yeah. So it's got views, right? First root claim debate, COVID origins, etc. And these these were I'd never seen uh, these individuals before around um, the SARS origin debate. There there were some interesting takes, some data that I hadn't heard before, which I think is important to um, discuss. And I'll try, and, and the thing is, it's, it's six hours, more than six hours, I would say, in total, just them doing presentation of evidence and then um, interrogating each other's claims. And, you know, the, uh, the young man who sort of, pro uh zoonosis he does he actually does a very good job he's he's very diligent in what he's um in the work that he's done how he's presenting the data and um he like i say there was some new data points which i think need or well, i'm gonna have to go back and address some of them because i was unaware but i i generally take the view that um until until we can dismiss the um, human catalyzing prion protein element, which I would argue shunts it directly, especially as it's completely novel and we've never we've never seen that epitope sequence before, and it has that property, and that property is on the part where on the piece the peptide piece that basically floats around uh, doing the um, potentially doing the most harm. I, I think it's incumbent upon us to think in biowarfare until until proven otherwise. And the thing is, every time we've had to have or we've heard the discussion from, um, it's just spillover, natural zoonotic um, spillover. We keep finding more and more failures in the in the models themselves and the people producing those models 
and the um, the conflict of interests that surrounds all those that would want it to be or want you to think that it was all just natural. This happens uh, naturally every hundred years or so, and then you're um, you're subject to its predations, lest the uh, the authorities have control over what it is that you do with your lives. And I I think that that's a um, untenable position to be in and I can see it being um, mightily abused in the case where they can point at something and say ah now it's got a prion catalyzing um, properties we should um, you you can't be trusted in that environment and of course that that becomes a very very um, difficult terrain to navigate but the in that instance um coercion is likely to be even more draconian and this is why i think it's important to find out as much as possible about what these sequences mean with respect to pathologies um environmental not pollutant but um contamination contamination of the environment by essentially a protease resistant um epitope that can well the epitope is not protease resistant per se but the catalyzed products are the prions and the and then you have to um think about well who who would who would try and use those in a manner that would fit you know agendas that you can see being um pushed out by special interest groups etc and you know my overriding view at the moment is that the the Malthusians have not gone away they've just become more sophisticated and have worked their way towards this point where they feel that they can press their aims um, aggressively and in pushing those aims who knows how much that they're prepared to inflict on people and <laughs> it's not like it's a secret about how low they would like the human population to be right 500 million to a billion people right they even have it carved in stone well they did till they blew it up and <laughs> we we should not i don't think you can do any type of sophisticated analysis where you just ignore those are elements, right? If you're stuck, you know, if I had to um, have a critique of the individuals who were trying to make, on both sides of their argument um, in this uh, first root claim debate on COVID origins, is that they're trying to, uh, or they're using applied mathematics where the math, we don't understand the full extent of the biology, infective cycles, et cetera, and trying to, um, you, could, you could almost think of it as, not as p-hacking, but odds hacking. And so, and th and in, the, in that sort of paradigm, it's very subjective as to how you would um, weight one particular variable versus another as you're doing your sort of Bayesian, inference of collating data across different bins 
and I I say right now that 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 is essentially say waste of time. Whilst we whilst we know now we have it, I, I would expect the molecular biology to hold that we know that we're dealing with a um, an a, a attempt, quote unquote, to to push and have the environment and population seeded with um, prions and. They're called transmissible spongy four bed cephalopathies for a reason, folks. And um they they are likely to spread. Um let's see. Uh looking at the old buildings, appear to be using a Tesla type technology. How did we lose our technology? Um Yeah, look, and uh, I don't buy so much that they were pulling from the ether with uh, fractal antennas like Hayden names. Uh, there is, I don't know, having grown up in Europe, <laughs> old, old Europe, seen, seen old Europe and buildings that go back uh, thousands of years or thousands, thousand years. Um, they were, they were pretty, um, life was very, uh, how should we say, not, I don't want to say primitive, but basic, basic, it, and maintained the same parameters for a very, very long time. And even when I was growing up, there was sort of a hangover from those days where you could still, it, it was, you would still get horse-drawn deliveries of, like, milk and stuff. And there were, you know, you could see one age transitioning to the other, and you know the Victorian, Victorian Britain um, was. Mm, I don't know. It depends on which side of the city you were born on, right? Um, it could be slum tenement housing or fancy, fancy Victorian mansions, etc. And you know, I but do I think they were, they were powering lighting and uh, no not really maybe there were some uses for uh lightning and capacitance but uh let's see can i request an interview with malone and integrate him about gp120 well like i say robert malone has only ever spoken to me once and that was a few weeks ago on twitter when i was asking about why he would have patents around GP120. And um, it was awfully suspicious that he would um, jump in on that particular conversation. It means that he's obviously very um, nervous, I would say, or he, he, he's acutely aware of how it looks that he holds and has been involved in research with respect to these peptide epitopes that we know we can see the fingerprint of them looking to weaponize in that particular direction right you find you find a pathogen you sort of sketch out its operational symptomatic profiles and then you try to break down what how each symptom is caused by each element or reaction to that pathogen itself and, I, and it's it's patently obvious when you look in the data or, or, or the history, particularly over the last 20 years, post 9-11, post anthrax, that they, they were 
pouring in an inordinate amount of resources into the risk from pathogens and biowarfare. And that inevitably is going to lead to um, reactive epitopes that cause amyloidosis, amyloidogenic peptides, and in particular of our interest is the human prion protein catalyzer. And that's not to dismiss the amyloid beta ones, but um, the human prion protein one is, uh, it, it, it stands apart. Uh, let's see, an OR nurse told me they've been using methylene blue for decades during certain surgeries to identify any leaks. Oh, interesting. A fact friend of mine told me she's been using methylene blue for a few months and has had great health benefits. Her back pain after the vax has disappeared. Interesting. Um, well, we'll take a look at um, <laughs> we'll take a look at methylene blue, but let's per perhaps first take a look at some of the claims of Denny Rancor. And do I have? It's going to be a casual stream. It's just uh, to provide some listening for people who are not getting uh, boozed up and uh, <laughs> numb. Numb above the neck uh, with uh, high strength alcohols. Um, I just, I'm here for you guys. So, um, what's that? hang on. Uh, media COVID agenda. Hang on. Secondary upload. Media COVID. I'm just looking at the face filter that's a orangutan or something. But let me let me just see this. Media COVID agenda. Federal Reserve. Disney child grooming. Satanic Talmud born. LGBT demon is. Wait for it. The Jew. Highly banned video. Pay attention. Censored on X. Download. Share. Like. Uh, well, I've, <laughs> uh, you've piqued my interest there, sir, as it's uh, New Year's Day and uh, we're not, um, we're not uh, overly serious. Let's, let's have a look at this. What is this? What power? <laughs> this would be, um, oh, what's he called? Goyim Defence League, right? <laughs> and this is where they go round on I don't know what it's called, a Megal. Uh, I don't know, it's a way for like kids to chat and he'll go around and say, have you read Henry Ford's uh, <laughs> International Jew, etc. And, you know, it's kind of funny. Um, but... <sighs> Do I want to play this? <laughs> I was, my, my, um, my attention was piqued by Media COVID agenda, Federal Reserve, Disney child grooming, satanic Tamwood porn, LGBT demon is uh... the Jew. <laughs> but as soon as I see it's uh, Goyim Defense League, I know what's uh, I know what's coming. Woo! I love that. White power, nigger. Fuck these Jews. Let me show. <laughs> oh, I love the fucking internet. <laughs> Jay, <laughs> some motherfucker, read that for me. Why are Jews allowed to suck baby penis? What's your thoughts about kikes sucking dick? What? What's your thoughts about kikes sucking baby dick? Uh, not cool, not right? Yeah, not cool. Inappropriate. Now, did you get vaccinated? 
Now, fuck these Jews. Read this for me. Every single aspect of the media is Jewish. Damn, bro. 2% minority owns how many? How much of the media? 96. Ooh, boy. Ooh, boy. Now, now these Jews are sucking baby dicks, right? Yeah. Fuck these Jews. <laughs> what a way. Welcome in the new year. Um, <laughs> let's see. Um, yeah, that's kind of broke my train of thought. But uh, on the topic of the color blue, Kybract told me he uses blue laser to speed up healing. According to him, it stimulates the mitochondria. He deals in sport injuries and claims the blue laser. Yes, um, I've seen these. And, um, you know, I'm, again, I'm of the opinion that you should be allowed to take what you want and what you think works for you. And the, but I would, I'm just suspect of very, very strong claims either way with respect to um, interventions that can be made. That's all. And, you know, what works for one person doesn't work for another. And the, the use of um, stimulators, laser light, um, have all got a body of literature around them which shows that they can be of benefit. Um, I'm... Well, you, you know, I, I, I draw on my research experience of directly trying to modulate the brain right in. You know, there, was, there were no limits on what I could do. Well, except, um, except the you know, just physiological limits, right? But, you know, even even with a stimulator right in the brain targeted really well, it can be difficult to overcome symptoms and, you know, the, and the question of, you know, what, what are you, why do these therapies work, et cetera? Are they, are they really, it, does one therapy fix all things? Is there one therapy to rule them all? And the simple fact is, no, there's not. So in, in the case of deep brain stimulation, you can be highly tremulous and um, Parkinsonian. And, you know, the st stimulator is good at sort of disrupting the entrainment of firing with uh, um, Parkinson's tremor and essential tremor. But it doesn't, it doesn't stop progression of disease. And, you know, my understanding of it is that pretty much all the small molecule interventions don't stop progression of disease in um in neurodegenerative conditions you might slow it down and i'm of the opinion that right now while we don't know the full consequences of what it means to gene transfect a prion catalyzer en masse into humanity using a um gene expression technology um, that's never, never been used before en masse. So um, I think we should look at things like methylene blue um, and stuff, that, stuff that's probably easy, easy to get access to. I mean, look, because of acquaintances, I have access to stem cell growth factors, what have you, and someone willing to, skilled enough, to find the, the the disc and stick a needle in it. Um, God damn it. That just uh, makes me flinch now, just thinking of it. But the, not everyone has that, right? And I can't maintain access to that type of treatment because it still costs um, 
significant money to go and um, get get those treatments. But you know the uh, the pharmacopoeia available to people with um, natural medicines, etc., and allopathic medicines is w one way of thinking about trying to stave off what could be or, or slow down what could be more detrimental effects. And, you know, I was, you know, we were having a discussion, I said this the other day on stream, that um, it, in the clinic where I go to, it's, it's not a massive hospital, but it's significant. It is a hospital. It has got emergency department, et cetera. And um, it's just, it's compact and in, in the middle of Tokyo. And so um, they, they had two aggressive Kreutzfeldt Yakov, again, tentative diagnosis of Kreutzfeldt Yakov, aggressive dementia. Um, and they, they were transferred to the Kreutzfeldt Yakov Hospital, the National Hospital for Japan, where they just deal with um, those types of disorders. And um, two popping up uh, very, very close to boosters a couple of months ago is surprising well it's not surprising considering it's a phenomenon that's already been recorded by Luc Montagnier and Claude Perez and this seems to fit that uh, that dynamic and that model um, so um, yeah I want to we'll get to I'm sorry this is a sort of scattershot stream but um, I'm I'm just doing Ah, stream of consciousness, and I want to address a few things. So I, what do you want me to do? I can do methylene blue avatar brain first and then flip over to do um, rancor or rancor first and then methylene blue. Um, I don't mind. I don't mind which. I'll leave it up to the crowd. The masses can uh, decide. Let the, let the crowds decide. We'll have uh, rancor or methylene blue. Put that in the chat. Is it, I don't know how many people are even watching. Is it worth putting out to the chat? Oh, there's 75 watching on New Year's Day. Not so bad. Um, so the young kid is trying to be polite and not hang up on him. Um, I don't know, dude. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Um, I don't know why this is uh, in here, but um, how about methylene blue? Um, I think you might be biased, clear NFO. Um, handsome truth, then rancor. Uh, title topic first, please. What did I put? Methylene blue. All right. Um, avatar brain. Okay, so um, you can do a search for methylene blue. I was doing methylene blue and Alzheimer's and prion, right? And so um, there's... Essentially, one study in 2013, which basically says binding of methylene blue to a surface cleft inhibits the ligamentation and fibrillation of prion protein. Um, and the, um, I think this is why people are sending me and asking me about methylene blue per se. But I, I would say it's the only paper you can find, and the. The fact that there aren't follow-up publications, yeah, it's usually not a good sign, right? That they've tried it and it doesn't work. And there was, uh, where did that paper go? 
get to it. I might save this one. So I wanted to do this. So this is a recent study, but I'm not going to do it today, which is tackling prion diseases, a review of the patent landscape. And um, methylene blue is not really on the radar as such. Ongo red derivatives are. Um, but then you get into uh, Alzheimer's, right? Exploring methylene blue and its derivatives in Alzheimer's, etc. I just searched methylene blue, Alzheimer's, and PubMed. I just I, I held it down to reviews in this instance because you want to try to get uh, an aggregation of the information as it emerges. And the take home that I got from this is i'll just read the abstract which is methylene blue and its compounds are investigated for their potential benefits in the management of alzheimer's disease remember alzheimer's is you can conceive of it as a prion disorder but it's not in the class of transmissible spongy form encephalopathy so alzheimer's disease is widely seen yeah yeah, yeah we know that is anticipated there will be a significant increase in the prevalence of for AD due to the aging population. Oh, certainly now there is, uh, that's for sure. Um, histopathologically, AD is distinguished by the presence of intracellular tangles of neurofibrillary tissues and extracellular amyloid plaques within the brain. Methylene blue is a thiophenazine dye with FDA approval for treating several illnesses. It's easing crossing the blood-brain barrier. Potential therapeutic use in central nervous system diseases have increased interest in its application for treating Alzheimer's disease. This literature review includes randomized clinical trials investigating methylene blue's potential benefits in treating Alzheimer's disease. Findings of the studies indicate that the administration of methylene blue has demonstrated enhancements in cognitive functions, reductions in the accumulation of plaques containing beta amyloid, improvements in memory and cognitive function in animal subjects, and possesses antioxidant properties that can mitigate oxidative stress and inflammation within the brain. The review evaluates the modern and latest research we know this and um but you can go through this paper and what they don't tell you in the abstract is that it's very mixed with respect to what methylene blue is doing in um well across it but the thing is there's not a whole bunch of um quality controlled studies and they 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 admit this and so there's there's work that needs to be done and the uh, the perhaps the mechanism of action rather than acting on um fibrillary tangles and aggregates is more to do with electron transport chain in mitochondria and rescuing the energetics of the cell right so um and this could be due to um, angiopathy, etc. The the microvasculature of the brain just gets stiff and um, gummed up as the older you get, and it's a lot of the reason why you get um, dementia, etc. And um, and this is um, it's as a therapy, it's it's nice in for the public's interest because it's widely available and people could take it without having to go through a doctor to get access to it. And so in that in that instance it has um some some benefits. But also because of that, you don't know potentially what you're getting hold of. And, you know, I've been looking online just I was you know, it's 
strike me as interesting that you can that you can find these responses to methylene blue and the um what what do they charge for um a horse horse of methylene blue okay or a bottle of methylene blue and you know what what ten twenty dollars for lab supplies suddenly starts turning into sixty dollars for something from a health shop etc and so you know i think that there's uh much scope for being scammed in that particular instance where how do you how do you know you're not just getting good old-fashioned uh you know what the you used to use methylene blue in metalwork right for you stain your metal and scribe across it um where you wanted to cut and that's that's what I I remember methylene blue for as a kid, and yeah, it would stain your fingers, uh, bright blue and green. But um, you know, like the fact that they let us kids handle it um, at schools um, probably means that it's not overtly toxic, etc. So, um, so I I think the that it's mixed still with respect to um, how how it's impacting these uh, these chronic and degenerative type conditions. Now, look, is and, and oh yeah, no, this was an important point that um, the much of the studies that have been tried to look at methylene blue in the literature apparently are uh, tainted by um, the drug manufacturer is funding these studies and uh, a Tau RX therapeutics. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, let's just see what their conclusions were. Well, methylene blue shows promise as a treatment for neurological disorders. It has some limitations and challenges that must be addressed. Uh, it's promising treatment for neurological disorders, including Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and traumatic brain injury. Animal studies and clinical trials have demonstrated its potential to improve cognitive function, reduce oxidative stress, and protect against neurodegeneration. However, some studies have found adverse effects and safety concerns with methylene blue. Existing studies have limitations such as small sample sizes, short treatment durations and dosage and administration route differences. While methylene blue shows promise as a treatment for neurological disorders, further research is needed to determine safety and efficacy, large-scale work design, clinical trials, yada, yada, yada. So, um, you know, it's not, uh, it's not hold uh, or hold beneath the waterline. And, you know, it's the fact that it's an established medicine is good. And were one concerned, um, I think methylene blue could be uh, something that you might want to think about taking into your armamentum of, uh, how should we say, compounds that you have available to you should, uh, should the end of the world as we know it uh, <laughs> come around. It didn't happen in 2023, and I'm sure we'll just have the same uh, <laughs> edging as uh, for 2024. Uh, let's see, there's no dollars in methylene blue for big pharma, ergo very few studies. Um, potentially, potentially. Um, but it doesn't mean that they couldn't uh, strap on a nanoparticle delivery mechanism, etc., and um, try to make it more focused. And the if, if it was so good, then you would you would expect it to be um, 
more prevalent in treatment regimens. And I'm, like I say, I've, I've just seen too many things fail or too many, uh, too many people put hope on one thing. And my experience has been is you've got to do a whole uh, spectrum of uh, responses in order to get back towards better health. And that, and a lot of those things are stuff that you have responsibility for. Look, I know that I should be walking more just for my, just because of my health and my age and just the general dilapidated state, state that I find myself in. I don't do it. I don't do it. And um, the, that's on me. There's no super molecule that's going to turn me around and um, give me the benefits of walking, I'm afraid. And, you know, that, that means you know, when you get older, you don't have to, you shouldn't be eating as much. You, you know, if you're boozing when you're 50, you probably, probably want to be thinking about your priorities. So, well, maybe you don't care. Maybe you, it's worth the, uh, the price to you that, uh, ah, fine, uh, fine drop of plonk. It's worth the uh, it's worth the five minutes of uh, extra life that you'd get. Uh, can you talk about the red dye, Congo red? Um, I can do, but like Congo red is, um, it's generally considered toxic in my experience of handling it. Right? It was it wasn't one that you uh, was. A benign. I don't. I mean, it just it just had a safety sheet with it, and there's a there's a um, toxicity and poisons etc. Uh, response that you should do, and um, the and where where would you be using those compounds, right? Which is well, you're you're trying to deal with some of the most tricky disease states that you're trying or that we know exist and then you're gonna start dosing with congo red well you know <laughs> i would i would be I, I would want to know that i definitively had um prions and I, there was no other choice and then i'd think about i don't know <laughs> intranasal spray of congo red up my, <laughs> up my nose man i can just i just imagine how how absurd you would look doing that with these dyes right because you it would just dribble out your nose and eventually you're just going to be left with like some red or blue stain <laughs> coming down your, your face and um let's see goldman sachs literally stated don't develop regenerative products and continue with chronic disease maintenance model pill popping um yeah well that's the that's the business model right and look, I, I'm not one of those people who's going to slate um, all big pharma. I'm grateful for the fact that there are companies out there making all these complex biomolecules. Do I wish that um, it was more, I don't know, egalitarian, I guess, with access? But in terms of like, critical medicines, right? I'd, I would like to think that there's some someone out there making good quality products so that if I'm on a, I don't know, a climbing trip in some foreign country and I slip and my, <laughs> snap my uh, femur 
planet and it's poking through that when they come to rescue me off the side of that mountain that there's there's someone coming with a big big loaded up syringe of uh <laughs> of ketamine and morphine just stabbed in me as uh as they pick my shredded leg up into the stretcher um i'd like to think that we can still maintain that so i don't want to be i don't want pharmaceutical companies to go away i would like that they're not co-opted by biowarfare um well biowarfare incentivized profit hunting i wish that wasn't the case and i i don't see why we can't do both right The biggest negative against methylene blue is that it's FDA approved. Yeah. Um, well, you can you can take that as being well. At least at least we know the toxicity window for it, and it's generally considered safe. And something that can get in there and look, it may be it may be that it's worth if you've got Alzheimer's, it may be worth having a month on the methylene blue. Just as a, you know, a, a pick me up for, as part of your health protocols. Should you be taking it every day? I'm not sure you should, which is why I wanted to get to uh, this paper uh, here. Methylene blue avatar brain. I found this whilst I was uh, poking around looking for methylene blue, and I was like, oh, avatar brain. That sounds kind of cool. And uh, let's let's delve into this one shall we so methylene blue is a safe and effective therapeutic agent used in a variety of different clinical settings including as treatment for methemoglobinemia reversing iphosphamide induced encephalopathy severe hepatopulmonary syndrome and as a presser during catecholamine refractory septic shock of more relevance to neuropathologists, it has recently been experimentally tested as a dye in multimodal confocal, confocal imaging of brain tumours for intraoperative detection of brain tumours for ischemic reperfusion injury. I'm sorry, for and for ischemic reperfusion industry. And because it seems to prevent aggregation of tau and beta amyloid as potential therapeutic agent for neurodegenerative disorders such as Alzheimer's disease and Huntington's disease. As such, neuropathologists may encounter patients at autopsy treated with methylene blue. Methylene blue generates a clinically innocuous, self-limiting, but striking blue-green discoloration to the urine, skin, and mucosa of treated individuals as a byproduct of its use. Yeah, so are you going to go around looking like a smurf if you're chronically taking methylene blue? <laughs> Maybe if the brain is anything to go by, right? So, where were we? Uh, this systemic tissue discoloration is more well known than is discoloration of brain tissues, which, to our knowledge, has only been reported once previously. The tissues were reported to transform into a bright blue-green color where the colorless leucomethylene blue molecule undergoes oxidation to methylene blue on exposure to air. We share our recent experience with brain tissue discoloration and methylene blue use, capturing the transition from colorless to colorful during a very short time interval at time of autopsy. So a 20-year-old woman with asthma and surgically repaired coarctation of aorta 
oh, there's some twisting of the aorta, was transferred to our hospital for refractory respiratory failure, hepatopulmonary syndrome, and possible cirrhosis. Her hospital course was complicated by persistent altered mental status, respiratory failure, acute kidney injury, and hypertension. Hypertension became refractory to catecholamines, necessitating the use of methylene blue to maintain stable pressure and to reduce possible shunting. She succumbed soon after transfer. Autopsy demonstrated that her demise was caused by acutely decompensated high output heart failure with left to right shunting from a clinically suspected and autopsy demonstrated subdiaphragmatic vascular malformation. On opening the cranium vault, the brain surface quickly transformed on exposure to air to put a pale blue green colour that intensified and darkened even during a short time interval after removal of the brain. The colour became particularly striking after formalin tissue fixation. The blue colour relative, relatively spared the dura and optic and cranial nerves and deep white matter on coronal section, contrasting with intense discoloration in cortical and subcortical grey matter. General autopsy revealed similar but less intense blue-green discoloration of skin, fat, fascia, cerosal surfaces. And there, there was the picture that I just wanted to show people, which is just, um, that's a, a a very striking discoloration of brain tissue, which um, is usually a sort of pale yellow to white color when you extract the brain out and you exsanguinate it. And that, that cross section there looks like a beautifully made, uh, <laughs> anatomical slide that you would put onto a glass slip and you know so this this is good evidence that it gets past the blood brain barrier and the, but the question is how much how much do you want something like that in the brain and how often do you want it and i don't think that that's well understood at this point even though it's it has a therapeutic window etc and you know you want your medicine to get into the brain right particularly if you're dealing with something like um traumatic brain injury or some sort of um oxygen debt where the electron the extra electrons from the dye could be of use and the, but that that to me is a is a post-processed brain right it's not not something you would expect to see when you've quickly take out a fresh brain from uh, a patient who's uh, passed away and you can you can see the transition as they're as they're working with the brain is start starting to tint blue here and then as they're taking off the dura etc it's it's turning um well distinctly blue green right um I, so I want to be very careful about saying to people, oh, yeah, methylene blue, you should do it um, when the effects are so widespread and so um, obvious from a macro level, right? And maybe because of the illness she had the, and the blood pressure issues that, that, that maybe that caused uh, had a factor to play in this. But, um, yeah, that, that's why I found this study interesting right just something something that could turn tissue blue just from well what what did they use it for they were trying to 
maintain her blood pressure, right? Because she was no longer responding, I guess, to um, nor nor epinephrine, and that's that's the other thing that um, methylene blue is famous for, right? Is um, what do you call it? Serotonin syndrome, right? Like people, particularly if they take um, SSRI type drugs, they take a drop of methylene blue and then they um, they get all sorts of autonomic um, dysregulation. Let's see. When walking does not appeal to you, consider standing Qigong and Tai Chi exercises. You can do for two or three minutes at a time. Just start. Do this for a few days or weeks. I'm too fucking lazy, Basil. <laughs> I, I just about managed to uh, climb the stairs and uh, <laughs> get in my chair, climb the throne of grift, and then... Uh, Flop down in my bed. Quite a big boy. Thank you. Um, and <laughs> NAD or H2O2 seems safer electron donors. Um, I don't know. So, but one of the studies I was reading, which was that um, methylene blue may cause large increases in hydrogen peroxide in um, mitochondria. And there were concerns about how how toxic that was in this instance. Um, and, you know, it, it, like I said, what do, what, do, what do we have to do right now? Well, it's find the, find tools, basically, that could be brought to bear. Hang on a minute. Alex! Why is he shouting so much? Is he? Just go and close his door and this door. And, um, uh, you know what? I'll, I'll do it, big boy. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to, I'll be back in a quick second. I'm going to uh, deal with uh, an overexcited uh, youngster. Um, you see, I thought methylene blue could increase blood pressure given it reduces nitric oxide. Um, maybe. Um, it has lots of interactions. It's a very complex molecule. Um, just bear with me, folks. I'll be back in a minute or two.
Hey. Where were we? Uh, <laughs> ah, he loves that VR um, helmet. What can I say? Um, the the new world is just awaiting for these kids. And... All right, chlorine dioxide has the same effect as meth blue, except we drink chlorine oxide every day in our drinking water. High safety profile. Um, well, depends on depends on the dose, right? I mean, that's um, chlorate. <laughs> Cayenne pepper is good for blood flow. It's also better than the blue pill. Thank me later. Um, I don't know. I eat loads of cayenne pepper. <laughs> it doesn't don't do much for me. All right. So. Divide. Should have bought two headsets. Um, yeah, but you can't. You can only run on one, one PC, and I don't have the space for them. So it's true. <laughs> it's, it, it, he doesn't mind because what, what what I think is a very small um, playing area because he's a, he's a little person. It's actually quite big, and so he's he's scampering around in this two by two meter. Um, area. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds like he was verbally berating some some other individual in VR space. It takes him young. Let's see. Um, all right. So um, you know, I'll, I'll delve more into. Oh, we should finish the paper, right? So we extended the work of Preston and Douglas and attempted to preserve the blue discoloration at the microscopic level by use of alternative fixation procedures. Despite the use of several tissue alternative fixatives for the usual formalin, ethanol, buin, the pigmentation was almost completely lost at the time of histologic examination, as described as previously described, leaving only a faint linear bluish discoloration, very focally intraluminally within rare blood vessels. Um, while a curiosity in the case of methylene blue use, discoloration of tissues encountered at autopsy can prompt confusion and concern. Indeed, for forensic pathologists and neuropathologists, discoloration of tissues often suggests the possibility of ingestion of a toxin. And recent cases of patients treated with methylene blue who show systemic tissue discoloration have prompted additional toxicological testing with the exception of the classic cherry red discoloration of systemic and brain tissues with carbon monoxide poisoning, toxins, however, usually produce discoloration limited to the skin or nail beds and do not extend to the CNS. Berton Rouchet, I guess you pronounce that, Rouchet, immortalized how toxins can produce striking skin discoloration in his tale of a group of New York City men who in 1944 had inadvertent ingestion of sodium nitrite and developed azure colored cutinous changes entitled 11 blue men <laughs> I wonder why they were drinking sodium nitrite that, was the, that wasn't prohibition era right that was that was long gone why, why would they drink sodium nitrite um 
Agiria, caused by silver ingestion, is also well known, and although silver sulfide deposits can be found within CNS and peripheral nervous system tissues, it is in very low amounts insufficient to produce gross discoloration of brain tissues. Although too numerous to review, other examples of skin discoloration, particularly in sun-exposed areas, include Addison disease, amiodaronus, I don't know what that is, amiodaronus, interested to know what that is. Um, Ami odorone. Let's see. Uh, it's used to treat life-threatening heart rhythm problems. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't sound fun to me at all. <laughs> no, not one of those fun molecules. All right. And hemochromatosis. Unlike these compounds, methylene blue diffusely discolors skin. A number of different medications also produce blue-black discoloration of the fingernails, the most relevant of which for neuropathologists and neuroscience clinicians are zidovudine, anti-malarial drugs, and gefitinib, a tyrosine kinase inhibitor used to block emidermal dermal, sorry, growth factor receptor in lung cancer patients. Unlike methylene blue use, these are all superficial discolorations not involving the CNS. Except for the exquisite study by Preysen and Douglas, we were only able to identify a single other image of a coronal section of autopsy brain tissue with bright turquoise discoloration, illustrated in forensic neuropathology text by Itabashi et al. This occurred in a 20-year-old man who succumbed after cleaning the interior of a tanker containing 90% formic acid with collapse and death one and a half hours later. Um, why would you be... Cleaning a tank with 90% formic acid. I don't know, man. I mean, well, <laughs> I presume that must be an old... Um, no, we don't know health and safety around then. The authors could not attribute the brain discoloration to formic acid poisoning. The rarity of blue discoloration in CNS tissues was underscored by these authors who noted that this was the only case with this specific dramatic colour change in the brain encountered in over 20,000 neuropathology consultations performed in the department over the last quarter century. Preysen and Douglas, in the time on a tradition of assigning pathological conditions, food-related appellations, considered this methylene blue discoloration of the brain to be pistachio green. In deference to a modern pop movie, we liken this sky blue color to the famous creatures in the movie Avatar. It must be emphasized, however, that to our knowledge, full neuropathologic examination has not been conducted on avatar creatures. Hence, <laughs> hence, there is no scientific evidence to suggest that the blue color of avatars extended to the CNS or that their azure beauty was anything other than skin deep. Okay. Um, like a fun little scientific article for New Year's Day. How about that, folks? Um, um, like I say, the you know me being a brain geek, I was struck by uh, yeah, that would be a beautifully prepared histology slide. Um, were you to have done a whole bunch of processing with it, defatted it, etc., and dehydrated it, and then um added your stain, and then rinsed and rehydrated, etc., and then um then put it under a cover slip and kept it for in perpetuity but no there you go if you want to uh make it uh make yourself beautiful in depth death i should say um take a good chug of methylene blue 
Um, it'll it'll see you through. Methyl in blue to see you through. I'm just thinking though, actually, um, as a good uh, electron donor, which is it, and respiration support. I'm just wondering if it would be a good hangover cure because it's getting into the brain, obviously, and. Maybe that's an experiment that someone's willing to run after they've uh, been exposed to uh, generous amounts of uh, alcohol, ethanol, and uh, um, metabolite formaldehyde as your as your <laughs> liver is trying desperately to bring you back to baseline. Um, <laughs> let's see. Oh, WTYL chat. Sorry. Oh, it's turned green. Um, that would be the uh, Irish influence there. It does look kind of cool, actually. Um, I like the green. All right. Um, so what were we doing? <laughs> Kek says take methylene blue and colloidal silver for the full Smurf experience. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. Is the discoloration permanent if you just take it for a month? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I presume it would have to wash out eventually. But the 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 reason that you use methylene blue in histology stainings is that it sticks to protein. So I don't know, you know, how, you know, it's obviously been approved for treatment, right? So the toxicity is not so much of an issue, but um, it's, that's a chat GPT question, right? I mean, um, histology. Microscopy. What is Lynn Blue State? Say it is protein. He's thinking about it. Commonly used to stain acidic cellular components such as nucleic acids and the rough endoplasmic reticulum. It's often used with other stains in procedures like gram stain for bacteria, the EMSA stain for blood cells. Okay. Additionally, uh, sorry. Basic dye, which means applies to acidic components. Yeah, the blue is particularly effective for that. Which can be used to stain mucin, cartilage, and mast cell granules. Methylene blue is also a component of various multi-stain techniques in histology, such as Jemsa stain and right stain, where it helps in differentiating various cellular components. Uh, you know, there's a reason that you use it for histology, right? That it's got a, a chemistry binding product that is useful to you. Um, and I guess uh, it's the dose that makes the poison, 
in this particular instance. And um, I don't know. <laughs> Just look, if you were going to go out and you know that they're going to crack open the old cranial vault and give you a good a good once over, um, yeah, you, it'd be one last trick to pull on them before <laughs> in your dying moments. Best health effects for me, one meal a day, little to no sugars, very low carbs and exercise. Yeah, look, I'm of the opinion that I function better in a sort of keto state and then occasionally I'll break that because I, I don't think you're supposed to be in it permanently. I, I try to sort of um, think, well, you know, what was, what was the ancestral condition like before we, before we got grain? And probably, yeah, you would have been in ketosis much of the time. Um, you would have got meats and then probably some fruits at, the, at particular times of years of the year. Um, so I don't know. I find that I do well with um, just protein base and I tolerate milk well in that state as well i don't have i can eat cheese and yogurt and that type of thing and doesn't doesn't bother me um but i know other people who are acutely sensitive to it and it is what it is let's see no clue ergo qualify presumably a good hangover cure is a bottle of lucasade and a breakfast roll blasphemy maybe maybe minus 30 minutes in the usa um well you tell me when it's new year and uh i'll i'll give you a little shout out wherever you are in the world doesn't too much colloidal silver turn people blue yes um the nfi says i take no medicines have no personal physician i have no known health issues i got over presumably covid in about a week um well you're lucky uh Five parts per million ClO2 drinking water, 30 to 80 parts per million to treat Rona freons. Um, that seems to, to treat freons. Mm. Eight parts per CLO2 to a freons. Isn't university specified? It can vary based on the conditions and the specific freon strains. Studies on deactivating prions typically use a range of concentrations and effectiveness can depend on factors like contact time, temperature, and pH. Size requirements is important to consult scientific research. Yeah, and like I say, I'm not... I don't think there are good studies right now that we can draw on. That's, that's the issue. It's a very, very limited um, subset. I think that that's going to change very rapidly as people begin to realize what's happened and the well i hope that that's the case 
maybe, maybe it's not. But um, one can, but uh, right. ancestral genetics and epigenetics are important. What works for one is not formula. It works for all. It is individual. Yeah. Put the DMB on, then Kev. We all need to rage for at least a minute. Put the DMB on. I get what that means. Put the DMB on them, Kev. We all need to range, rage for at least a minute. What's DMB? All right. Um, let's do, are we, well, 30 minutes to on the hour. So I will um, switch over to Denny Rancor. So um, again, like I say, it's not, I don't want to seem like hypercritical of um, someone when I, th I, I do think he's trying his best to push back again, against what is tyranny. But when you, when you come to, uh, don't bring, don't bring a knife to a gunfight, basically. And in taking the approach that he has done, Denny Rancor is essentially just leaving himself exposed to takedowns that are very, very difficult for them to rebut. And his um, his plea, or some of the pleas that I've seen him make, which was that there was no uh, no pathogen circulating that we could call a pandemic. Again, doesn't stand up to scrutiny. And when we look at where areas that got hit really hard and areas that got hit really hard were Russia, um, Iran and the um, Balkan type countries. And um, you can't gaslight people into saying that that wasn't real, right? The, uh, the impact on Greece and, you know, where, look, Greece is still a European country and still has good infrastructure. Um, Russia, I presume, has. Hospital care that's designed for surge capacity. Um, I don't know how good it is. Um, like, do I want some? Well, it depends on the babushka that's doing the bed bath, I guess. But um, <laughs> I've seen some right ropey, ropey ones. Um, drum and bass. Put on the drum and bass on the Kev. We all need to rage for at least a minute. Oh, I, I, I'm not in the mood for drum and bass. I'm afraid. I'm I'm chilling out on my my New Year's Day. They say, oh, my grandmother used to say, how you spend your New Year's Day will be how you, how you spend the rest of the year. So um, I'll just, uh, I'll take a look at my uh, dono screen and, uh, well, yeah, I'm going to be poor this year, but uh, the but Gaza keeping the ship afloat and uh, poverty tips. Thank you. Uh, much, much appreciated. Uh, but uh, the rest of you, you are all K26R and you know it. On, uh, on New Year's Day, I got spec. I got to make money today, so you make it for the rest of the year. And but I want to be chilled and relaxed about it. So, ENB, <laughs> I don't want to play drum and bass. Um, I kind of consider that the uh, the techno for. Um, not that I, I don't mind it now and again, but um, those that uh, listen to it 
all the time. It's just the <laughs> get the what's that? Oh, I've forgotten the movie. Got any jungling guy? What's that? <laughs> this is what I was think of with drum and bass. Got any jungling? What was that movie called? Any jungling guy? <laughs> All right, here's some drum and bass for you. Mm, where's the timestamp? Yeah, human trafficked coops jungle record store scene. Yeah, I'll play that. Yo, what's up? Hey, nice. Nice. Any nice. new hip hop, man? It's, yeah. Hey, I got some smoking West Coast flow just landed raw as botulism, mate. Nah, fuck that West Coast shit, man. I want some hardcore East Coast flavor beat. You know what I mean? Well, why didn't you say so? Fat beats, Armageddon on the streets. We're inundated with the shit, bro. Hey, if we had any more hardcore, we get arrested. You know what I mean? Yeah, I. Now, Coop's on the pulse, but he's a serious vinyl pusher. Blagging friendship, getting the kids hooked, hustling with style. This was recorded by a posse of crackheads on death row, right? So all them little interludes of prison noises and that, they're for real. They call themselves the itchy trick of finger niggas. The itchy what? The itchy trick of finger niggas. Success for falling in New York is amazing. Not clock, 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 for cops, my block. Execute, prepare, prepare, electric chair for the villainous. Halfway crooked crime, a silliness, the baroness. With the venomous, tantrums of scandalous. Motherfuckers can't handle, knock them like Rambo. Still came with strength to go ahead up the any jungling guy? I got the Tarzan of Jada jungle just swinging on the vine this morning, mate. I'm telling you, this could turn Ari Krishna into a bad boy. Um, yeah, that's what I think of, of jungle most of the time. Gunny jungling guy. All right. Uh, let's see. How about the Kuming original? Ooh, for New Year. Um, <laughs> it's so it's so divisive that tune between um my audience. <laughs> the, I don't know, man. The donos aren't racking up quick enough for me to uh, <laughs> to get reckless and <laughs> play that one. <laughs> Sorry, boss. I'm income free, so I cannot pay anybody any day. Um, yeah. Wow. 
<laughs> it kind of feels like that often when I'm doing this. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I got my freedom, and I there's that got my freedom. All right, uh, let's see. So I was gonna hang on. The USA only has one flavor of Kit Kat. How many flavors does Japan have? Um, not green Kit Kat, red Kit Kat. I've seen and white Kit Kat. Three, three. I would say. Um, just uh, you needed <laughs> that critical bit of information. What what, what Kit Kat flavor do we have? Um, there's far better. It's just you know, you know I tried a Kit Kat. This is it. Ah, oh, it's probably about a year ago. Like the kids had some, and I was like, oh, I don't look tasty. All right, I've got fun memories of Kit Kat, and um, it just it was bland cardboard tasting food. And I, I, you know, I can see why kids like it because it's just hyper sweet. But mm, uh, it's that's that's low quality goy slop that they're pouring down your neck when you eat Kit Kat. <laughs> that just that's going. If I eat a few of those, guaranteed to give me acid indigestion. So <laughs> put it up, Kevin. The birds are singing. The sun is shining. My head is throbbing. Well. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's uh, I tell you, what, I had uh, I did have another one <laughs> prepared. Just just so happened, I had another one prepared. I don't know why. I had a feeling I was going to get asked about Kuma today. And uh, how about this one? That <laughs> this one makes me sad. <laughs> Wait. Yes, donate to unlock the uh, the hardcore version. Even when it's plastic, cause I'm a kuma. 
sitting here with my youngster next to me and i'm just like oh god how to how to navigate that because that's that's coming and <laughs> it's coming in a few years time um how to uh, I, I you know for all we had to navigate as lads was uh you know the odd the odd fluttering scud pick that would be caught in the bushes when i were a lad whereas now they've literally got well, they've literally got vr <laughs> vr kuma vids to burn into their brain what a what a world what a world and how was i having this discussion with well, i've been paul i think which was you know how do how do you prepare like your kids in in the new world that's coming where automation is uh is, is just going to be king Right, at everything. Right, so even even jobs where it required something approximating, um, you know, you could set yourself apart. Like, you know, you'd be if you could be a good coder, right? Then you you generally could have work all the time. That's how it used to be, and now that's not so much the case, right? Literally, literally, you can spit out code. And it'd be better code than someone who's well that would be uh, certified in a particular language, and that's that that phenomenon is just going to increase in sophistication, and so that that we we are literally just walking into that world, right? Where suddenly they don't need so many people. And so you try to, you want to decimate, as it were, populations so that um, they're, they're, not, they're not bothersome at your tea parties on the lawn in your country manor, right? And we know that idle hands, etc. just, they, they fear it, right? And me personally, I don't. I think, um, I would like to think that people people would naturally tend towards the good without the sort of um perversions that get interjected or or injected into their their mindscape and the problem we have in the west is that it's become super uber materialistic and the uh, the the elevation and I don't, I don't mean that in a bad way, right? But that the elevation of individual, which always should be the direction that consciousness tends towards, has turned. It, it, it has become malignant, in a, in a sense. And you know, women have become toxic. Men have become self-indulged, spineless coomers. 
and it's not making for um, solid generations to build off of. And I don't know how that changes. And so probably the people who look at the, the mobs of people who are getting restless probably think the same too. Better just we, uh, we get rid of them um, through attrition in a way that doesn't stick out beyond uh you know a few a few small groups that are saying ah, hang on a minute a sustained all cause mortality uh around 10 percent um no thank you and you know the yeah you have to think about the collapse of and i i, I generally i'm not so concerned about well, i'd rather it wasn't the case but the, the the concerns that you have to have a constantly growing population seems it's kind of um, one-dimensional thinking, right? You you tend to um, complex systems will tend towards uh, uh, equilibrium, and yeah, I would presume that would be the case for um, what what's what was perceived to be the trajectory of human populations. And you know, are we at the limit of human population carrying capacity? Obviously not, because we got this far. But getting this far, you know, there was a there was a sort of industrial base, and there was ways to keep uh, the lower classes, the those that went to scumbag college, like me, uh, could uh, could remain and and work towards uh, stability. I guess right. That's that's what you're trying to do with adulthood. Um, you you've got to play the what well, used to be that you would um, hopefully have a um, fun, carefree childhood. You would um, go through the uh, trials and tribulations of teenage years as you um, metamorphose into um, a young a young adult, and you've got to you've got to navigate probably one of the most tricky phases of your psychological conscious development, which is that. Um, messianic phase as your brain is crystallizing in in your 20s and that for sure has been weaponized right now and um but you, you know if if you're fortunate you get through that and you you get to a point where you know you just you know you're, you're comfortable with uh family look I did, like in terms of material um goods and wealth etc i struggle just to well you can probably argue that well if you had a, a brand new everything you wouldn't have to spend so much time um maintaining um stuff which is which is true but then um you know there's often a sort of meditation around work i suppose uh christy happy new year to you um i hope uh, hope the tooth is feeling better sweetheart I've been out on the trails, 28 degrees. Um, let's see, back to the land for this European family man in USA. Um, yeah, I, I think that's a good strategy all round, right? There's, um, look, it's impossible to decouple yourself completely from corporate systems. And it, I, I would argue that perhaps you don't really want to because essentially you would just be going back to um, frontier life where there's uh, engines just over the horizon. And um, it's just it's just you and the boy with uh, muzzle loading flintlocks to uh, to fight off the barbarian hordes. And, you know, I'm 
it has a time and place in our history. Um, we learn lots from it. But would I want to be in there in that situation right now? No, I don't think so. I, th I think people fantasize about it too much. And um, Wim Hof, baby. <laughs> I hear lots of people go on about Wim Hof. And um, yeah. it's uh, there's a degree of messianic fervor that comes around any sort of, um, uh, I don't know, intervention, etc. And yeah, I guess um, hypersaturating your your blood with uh, oxygen, etc., is a known way of achieving altered states. Um, and look, I love altered states, but I was I was messianic uh, in my fervor for uh, what they did uh, to the brain. Whereas now I would be, I don't want that um, raging <laughs> psychedelic mode, right? You know what I would appreciate more is just I can slip on a, a VR helmet and get the effect, um, but then it's 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 uh, just a simile of the of the full effect. So I, I, I can see the difference. But um, I'm not. Uh, why, have I, why have I got taken on to Wim Hof? Right, that's right. Just uh, had a fire out in the snow. It was pretty awesome. A friend joined me last minute. Um, yeah. Uh, these, are, these are things that I think we should treasure. These. Um, you know, getting back to um, roots and land etc i do think that that's a good thing and you know the warped warped is the wrong way but the distorted view of life that comes from city dwelling i think it's just it's it's sort of run its course somewhat and it doesn't it it's doesn't lead to many places what it leads to is <laughs> soy boys and um petulant Petulant bitches that just uh, need a dose of reality um, in their thinking. Um, how am I doing? Uh, generally, I've, I'm of the opinion that, yeah, you have five days of hell for, uh, <laughs> for stem cell injection. And today is like my sixth day afterwards. And yeah, it's, it's less, uh, less debilitating. Um, I haven't haven't had to uh, um, throw so many pills down my neck to control it, um, but do do I feel the benefits yet? Let's see, um, if raccoon monkey brains can't do it, we're in a heap of trouble. Uh, what do you mean, raccoon monkey brains can't do it? We're in a heap of trouble. Um, you mean find cures? Um, look, I think the Anything that you would do right now is is essentially some sort of palliative and um, not the long term solution. The long term solution, if they if they've done like a super prion event, is uh, is genetic. Um, well, you've got to you've got to be, or people have to be splitting spitting out uh, newborns as uh, adaptations to the uh, the new environment and that's that's the way to go um said it the other day uh, be fruitful and multiply right that's that's the that's the one injunction from god that's the one thing you must do right there's a whole bunch you shouldn't do but the one thing you should do is go out and multiply because the people the the controller class don't like 
many, many people. Or too many people, I should say. I don't like many, many people, but that's just me. Are you trying to spur regrowth of new tissue, Kevin? Um, yes. <laughs> yes. I would like it to become um, not as... Uh, well, it's all poking out and herniated and um, shunting into my lower back and the the last two of the lumbar vertebrae are very obviously um, in, in poor shape with me. So I don't know. Like, do you, do you just, you could just live with back pain, I guess. Um, but then that's miserable. You could try and do surgery, but that no guarantee. And a lot of what I read in studies, even with like these new um, titanium, uh, what are they called? Uh, I forget now. But anyway, they, they essentially replace the disc with um, titanium, like a like a hip replacement. And people just recall, just say they're still in still in pain, and um, and the idea of uh, fixating the joint with uh, screws and losing mobility in the spine. Yeah, that's never uh, appealed to me. I'd rather I'd rather just suffer. To tell the truth, um, surgery is on the horizon. That's the problem. <laughs> it's uh, it's um, not a well. No, thankfully, thankfully, if I'm if I'm lucky. I'm lucky people find me entertaining enough to throw coins in the pot that I can I can I don't have to I can work around the back pain right and um but I, I don't know I, I sent Christy a screenshot well picture I took of the it's a year it's an old MRI now That might be it, actually. Problem yeah. is, it's slow to load, so. Whilst that loads up, is your mineral electrolyte content keeping your bones strong? Look, my rest of my bones are solid, <laughs> and uh, I, I'm not concerned about that. But I I injured my back when I was well, I, I used to I left school. I hated school, 
and I was happy. I was happy just uh, un un uh, unloading trucks, lorries, and I was uh, you know I was fit and strong. So they would just say, "Oh, go out my can. You empty that one by yourself," and I would. And I don't know. Just one day, even though I'd done it hundreds of times before, I was lifting a washing machine onto a pallet to be able to wheel it out and i just boom, my back popped and it was never the same since and um i've always and since then oh, yeah of course um this doesn't uh <laughs> future of internet explorer okay Um, did I want to do that? <laughs> I wanted to uh, explore that disc, right? Thanks. No, no, no. I don't like where this is going. Sort off. Um, let's see. Start. There's this slides in there. Oh, it's just it's just taking its time to load, that's all. Uh, well, there it is. And this one that's not the correct. 
Uh, it's probably quicker just. So that's the hern the bad herniated disc there. And the one below it is bad as well. And yeah, so they're just sticking needles in it right now. He stuck the needle in it this time and it just it's like a bolt of lightning going down my leg. <laughs> it's like Ugh. uh for your Kit Kat fund. Uh thank you. Thank you. Um but yeah, that's that's kind of what a herniated disc looks like. And I don't know if that's, um, you know, what to do. <laughs> Just uh, yoga is the devil. Um, maybe. Have you experimented with different yoga moves? That is what corrected my lower back issue. Um, I've done all sorts and nothing, nothing works now. <laughs> did um um at the point where yeah I, I don't know it's it's a decision do I do do I do that surgery but the um the results me looking at online and the couple of people who have told me about family experiences have not been um have not instilled confidence in me I'm afraid and the what do they what do they call it? Um Titanium Disc. Artificial disc replacement. Um <laughs> Lumber fusion and artificial disc replacement. <laughs> Just <laughs> Oh dear, oh dear. So although an estimated 70 to 80% people will experience low back pain at some point in their lives, most will not need surgery to improve their pain. Surgery may be considered when low back pain does not improve. Conservative treatment. Not everyone who continues to experience pain after exhausting non-surgical treatments is a candidate for surgery. In addition to being persistent, the pain must stem from one or two degenerative arthritic discs determined by diagnostic testing and physical exam. Patients who meet these and other criteria, lumbar fusion surgery remains the most common treatment option for treating low back pain. Fusion is essentially a welding process. <laughs> I just don't want that. Um, basic idea is to fuse together the affected vertebra so that they heal into a single solid bone, eliminating painful motion. That sounds like a nightmare to me. Uh, while many patients are helped by lumbar fusion, the results of the surgery can vary. You see, that doesn't instill confidence in me. In addition, some patients whose fusion surgeries heal perfectly still end up with no improvement of their back pain. Successful lumbar fusion for low back pain due to a degenerative disc ranges from 50 to 90%. Not, not the greatest of odds. Some doctors believe that failure to improve after fusion surgery is due to the fact that fusion prevents normal motion in the spine. For this reason, artificial disc replacements, which aims to preserve normal motion, has emerged as an alternative treatment. Artificial disc replacement initially gained FDA approval for use in 2004. Uh, yeah. So any, anyway, I fit all the criteria and um, uh, there are 
number of different disc designs. Each is unique in its own way, but all maintain a similar goal. We will reproduce the size and function of a normal invertible disc. Some discs are made of metal, while others are a combination of metal and plastic. <laughs> yeah, one thing I've learned about transplanting stuff in animals, uh, don't matter how fancy your plastic uh, polymer, um, they always, always degrade. Titanium, titanium will go home. Uh, let's see. The materials include medical grade plastic, polyethylene, and medical grade cobalt, chromium, or titanium alloy. Mm. In most cases, you will stay in hospital one to three days after artificial disc replacement. The length of your stay will depend upon how well controlled your pain is. <laughs> Just, uh, yeah, in Japan, man, that look, um, my my gaijin levels for uh, morphine far exceed their standard operating procedures i can assure you uh let's see in most cases patients are encouraged to stand and walk by the first day after surgery because bone fusion is not required following artificial disc replacement the typical patient is encouraged to move through the midsection early motion in the trunk area may lead to quicker rehabilitation and recovery excessive motion should be limited however because your bone has to heal the artificial disc most patients can expect improvement of lower back pain and disability in weeks to months following surgery. Mm. <laughs> Most. I will, I will plot in that. Probably doesn't because it's, it's been so long since I injured my back. So. See, the future of artificial disc replacement technology will likely include advances in the design of implants and tools for diagnosing the source of pain as well as the development of ways to return the disc to normal function without having to insert a biomechanical device, which is what I'm trying to do. Uh, although no longer considered a new technology, the development of artificial disc replacement is more than that of a lumbar fusion. Follow-up studies for 10 years have shown satisfactory outcomes in a carefully, yeah, carefully chosen... Uh, population. Despite the theoretical advantages of preserving motion, some studies have not shown a clear advantage of artificial disc replacement over lumbar fusion. Research continues on the outcomes of the procedure. Major limitation with lumbar disc replacement is insurance coverage. Many insurance companies do not currently approve lumbar disc replacements. Mm. Yep, yep, yep. Um, I did have a video that I was trying to watch. And it wouldn't let me watch it on. No, it's not shame. Um, I just wanted to look at what those uh, surgeries look like, and. <laughs> They, not good. All right. So we instinctively do yoga poses as a baby. It's a form of maintenance. Surgery is a scam to the degree that yoga isn't tried first. Yeah, I've tried all sorts of stretching and physical therapy right now. Um, Um, I can only sleep one way, which is on my right side. I can't sleep. I've, I've been like that since I injured my back. I have, to, I have to sleep in like a fetal position on my right side. Treat the nerves, not the vertebra, in my opinion. Um, yeah, maybe. Maybe. But that's the idea of the stem cells, is that they should go in there and fix any um, nerve root issues. And um, 
the well <laughs> what can i say um i'm not uh overly overly hopeful Yeah, it's a it's a nice looking hernia. <laughs> I don't know why. Well, I suppose it, like I'm thinking about like going and like snip that bit off, but then it would just the disc would just like just empty out. <laughs> oh. Kev's uh, cerebral arteries. Fine feckle look. Stop it. Mm. Yeah, well, anyway, my, my advice would be having, having labored with, um, you know, yes, activity when I was younger was um, useful. So I used to cycle a lot, lift weights, run. Um, kept up cycling for the longest and then um i don't know like i say i don't get relief now from you know like taking a brisk walk or stretching just fucking hurts now so uh let's see With the right program the decompression can cause the disc to be sucked back into its proper place yeah look i've got an inversion table and everything everything now just fucking hurts so <laughs> i've tried it all tell me tell me something I've, i haven't tried i you know what was working for me was um the tens unit and but that, again that was just masking the pain and essentially i just used the tens i just had to have it on all the time and it just caused the um like a hypersensitivity to it so i can't use it anymore is, which kind of sucks. Um, let's see. Have you tried foreskin therapy? <laughs> I've got my foreskin. Thank you. Um, let's see. Get a chair that makes you sit straight up. No slumping in your chair. Go to chiropractor and use the decompression table. I do all those things. <laughs> and I'm, I sit in a, uh, a throne, a literal throne, with, um, which was a, was a gift someone bought me. Um, I don't know what it's called, like purple pillow. It's purple, so, but it costs fucking hundreds of bucks, and uh, you know that enables me to sit longer. But um, I like putting toothpaste back in the tube. Right. <laughs> uh, let's see, radio genera status. Um. Where do they get the stem cells they inject? It's not stem cells. They're, they're, well, they're stem cells, and they're taken from the pulp cavity of um, infants' teeth that come from uh, the dentist in the clinic. And so they, um, they culture out the... So they're, they're considered ethical stem cells, right? And they'll culture them out, 
and give them growth medium, etc. And then they collect the supernatant of those cells. And those supernatant concoctions have all the growth factors and what have you in whatever a tooth spits out. I mean, my concern is maybe it, maybe it would be signaling to sort of calcify and ossify the um, spinal region, but um, yeah, I see. Uh, Muslims can relieve neck pain, right? <laughs> uh, let's see. I like ethical stem cells. Yeah. Um, like I say, it's not stem cells per se, but you know, any any of the benefits that seem to come from stem cells are likely from the um, growth factors, etc., that they put out. Um, I don't know, like I say, I've, I've only just started the treatment and he was like, well, you know, you need to do a few months and you've got to do it regularly. And so I'm going to have to go to Tokyo every few weeks to have it done. And then I'll see where I am in three months, I guess, see if it's made any difference. And my, my current prediction is that it will be... It won't fix it. I don't think it'll fix it. I think that um, that herniation has just been there too long, and it's all um, it's all there's probably a whole bunch of yeah stop doing of connective tissue bounding that all together in in a, in a in the body's way to try and sort of compensate and encapsulate the the herniation. Um, but amazing, amazing bit of uh, biology at spine, spinal cord. Till it goes wrong. <laughs> Especially if it keeps doing that. Yeah. Dock spring. <laughs> All right. Enough enough looking at me insides. Right. Uh let's see. Do I have the energy? I'm my back sore now talking about it. <laughs> so it's uh let's see. I'm not uh, I'm not pulling in loads of uh, let's see if someone uh paid for the Kuma. <laughs> No. So um I will uh, I will wrap up, I think. We'll save um Denny Rancor for another day. Um when I can be more more focused, I think. See, nothing is overnight, even to do it naturally. Have you ever heard of Dr. Robert Morse? Sure, I shared a natural Japanese remedy hernias already. Um like I say, I've probably tried it, and the only the only thing that brings well any anyway you go to allopathic medicine. <laughs> That's the that you know that that does provide pain relief, but I don't know how um, how tenable that is over over the years. And the problem is I can't take ibuprofen. So, you know that's like emergency medicine for me because it fucks with my gut so much. So. Um, 
Oh, just to, just to be able to get over the counter sulpadine. Oh. <laughs> I wish. Um, there's, you don't know how lucky you have it in the UK. Flick spills. All right. Um, I will. I will leave it at that. I think, rather than I. I did methylene blue, um, initially, and I will keep focusing on prions and what it what it means just from a research perspective also just look at i think the uh this paper which i pulled out seemed interesting which was how was it the the patent landscape with respect to um on molecules. Yeah, where did that go? Oh yeah. So tackling prion diseases, a review of the patent landscape. And um yeah, it's minimal, I think, with what uh, what they can do. It's not it's not like they're not trying, but the problem is is that they'll want to obviously find um something that's a money maker. Um things like methylene blue w- wouldn't be. And the my gut feeling is is that they would um WSP so they've got a derivative of Congo Red that um, that is maybe of interest. Now I, I'm not sure you, Congo Red is like you should drink Congo Red. <laughs> That's I, I think methylene blue would be safer. Six, seven, seven. See, it's it's two thousand and seven, right? So, yeah. Congo Red analog effectiveness and stability. Sure, you're going to get lots of. See, it cured, but then you know why? Why isn't it being rolled out already? Mm. Yeah. So you know, immediately I can tell you that the the subjects are still dying. It's just dying a little less slowly. <laughs> Fucking prions. All right. Um. Let's see. Um, to lend credibility to my insight, I remote tested your IQ, and it's 143. Um, how about lifting weights and other training, dude? I can barely bring myself to stream. Right, I'm just. 
orthopedic surgeon is not going to relieve pain. Yeah, I get it. Let's see. Uh, yeah, bro, I remote tested you. If you can believe it, you require two yoga moves two times per day for three weeks. Your next improvements after only three days. Three days. I'll message you privately. Okay. Uh, someone is living on the moon. Maybe. Fuck. I know those struggles. How about lifting weights and other training? Yeah, like I said, I used to do all that. I can't do it anymore. I've slowly, slowly crossed off the list, and the head injury was the coup de gras. No, well, SARS finally did me in, and now, now I'm a, a house house pet. Right, your body is loaded with the wrong kind of acids, especially in bone marrow. Um, maybe, maybe I like the acid in my uh, bone marrow. Um, have them check your electrolytes, increase your bone mass. Uh, there's nothing wrong with my bone mass. I can punch through a brick wall. Okay, <laughs> I've still got that strength. Just, uh, just lift Joe Rogan. Yeah. <laughs> um, look, you're supposed to. I'm at. The, I'm in the last quarter phase of my life, right? The you've got to. You don't just suddenly reach seventy, eighty, and you're, um, you know like a shiny new uh or a well-maintained second-hand car you, you've got to you've got to go through the degenerative process and if my lot is uh brain and uh low back then maybe the pain will cause me to shut down before the uh, parkinson's gets me maybe maybe that's how it but um i saw someone saying that that iq tested me remotely hang on a minute um <laughs> I can't see that. Where was that? Um, it's not aborted fetuses. No, AKLM. It's from children's teeth. I have a bunch of my kids' teeth. I kept them all. Um, let's see. Give them the Kuma. I suppose so, just for New Year. Um, let's see the thing. Yeah, to lend credibility to my insight, a remote tested your IQ, and it's 143. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'll take compliments wherever I can get them. But all right, so uh, I'll I'll do um I'll do the Kuma for the outro. So just give me a few minutes to find it. Um, Playing, not playing, is it? Wait. Happy New Year, kids. The birds are Coons. singing, the flowers are blooming, my dick is throbbing. What a beautiful day for cooming. Good morning, Alex Lynx. I've been awake for 20 whole seconds and I haven't coomed yet. 
It's time to hop onto my porn throne and machine gun jackhammer my death grip bloodshot semi-chub with my roided doom fist once again! Is, is that a, a female girl? I... I must sniff! A little coom. Happy New Year, coons. Um, I'll see you in the next one. We'll probably uh, ah, we'll see what Commander Rix is up to. See if you see if we want to get into rancor. All right, I'm out of here. Take care. God bless. See you in the next one. Bro, you don't know how angry I am. You do. I'm like, I was just leaving for fucking work. You do not understand how fucking pissed off. After reading that little line, I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. Fuck these gaffers! I will fucking kill each fucking gaffer! I swear! This is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they actually say. Fuck these gaffers! No fucking vaccine or MRA or ever flow through my fucking blood blood! Never! I will fucking die! Fucking fighting for my fucking bees and my fucking forefathers and my fucking village! Fuck these motherfuckers! All that fire? This guy. So, check 45,000. Make sure it's rude. Boom.